Our culture views mission work as outdated, a relic of colonization. However, true mission work has never been outdated, and there is more need for missionaries than ever before. Hi, this is Esther Lowe. In this episode of the Learn and Share podcast, Karen Glassford shares her passion for missions and ways that you can get involved. Today we'll be talking about how to be involved in overseas missions, and I'd like it to begin by you telling us a little bit about your personal experience of missions. Hmm. Well, I am the child and grandchild of missionaries, so I guess you would say it's in my blood. Prior to my current job, I worked at Southern Adventist University as the short-term missions coordinator, mm -hmm. and now I work with Institute of World Mission at the General Conference. All right, great. So what was your experience as a child, starting off with that? <laughs> um, my dad was a Bible teacher, pastor at Adventist colleges and academies. So we lived on a campus, involved from a very young age in all kinds of um, mission projects. We had teams of dentists and doctors that would come down and I would help translate for them. And even with the patients, you know, so getting to do things when you're very young that you normally wouldn't get to do and running branch Sabbath schools every Sabbath afternoon in mountain villages. I had my own branch Sabbath school with about 50 kids coming every week when I was 10 and canvassing in the summers uh, so that poorer students um, helping them with their tuition to help them go to school and just had a lot of fun. That sounds really <laughs> incredible, a way to grow up. How do you think that impacted the way that you view World Missions today? Oh, it definitely impacted because I grew up seeing the need and seeing things that aided in mission trips going right or not going well. And being able to realize that, for instance, if you can involve the locals and whatever it is that you are doing, then you have buy-in and you've got sustainability and things like that. That's a great point there, just getting the locals involved and and also how that gave you, I guess it's giving you perspective in your current oh, yeah. role. Oh, yeah. Moving forward now to what you're currently doing, mm -hmm. could you explain to us a little bit about what kind of mission opportunities exist for the World Church today? Yeah, a lot of people th seem to think that there aren't very many mission opportunities with the General Conference, and that is actually not true. For instance, so far as student missionaries are concerned, uh, they usually have an even any given year about 1,300 um, positions that are filled, and usually three to 500 positions that are still open. Oh, wow. So there are many positions open in every conceivable type of jobs from teaching English to teaching elementary school to working at a, an AWR radio station um, to working at Kibidula Farms to you name it. You know, there's just all kinds of opportunities and positions that never get filled because people maybe don't know that this is an option for them. Yeah. I mean, where do you even find out about these positions? Yeah. If, if you will go online and go to what is called adventistvolunteers.org and you click on where it says long-term, long-term meaning six to 12 months, you will see a list and you can filter those requests by the minimum age, maximum age, calling country, um, gender, because sometimes they want a particular gender like 
Maybe, for instance, there was a young lady, I know this last year, that worked with an ADRA project in Thailand called Save the Girls. And these are for girls that have been through abuse and sex trafficking and that kind of stuff. So, of course, the call was for a young lady. And, um, you know, you can you can do it by length, whether you have to be married or whether you need to be single, what kind of position you're looking for. And there are just hundreds of lists of, of open calls. That's really interesting to hear about the website. Um, I actually served as an Adventist volunteer, but I didn't hear about the opportunity through that website. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was just through friends that I knew, people that I encountered, and through that experience, I was able to do English second language teaching in Lebanon for Mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. But are all the opportunities that are available, they all on that website? No, probably not. However, that is soon to change. Okay. We will soon be launching something called Vivid Faith, Mm-hmm. So Vivid Faith is a new website that you can look it up at vividfaith.com. The goal of Vivid Faith, at least one of the goals, is to be a one-stop shopping for mission service. Wow. So any organization that the GC approves of, and in other words, organizations that are supportive of the Adventist mm-hmm. Church, not just student mission calls, but full-time career calls as okay. well. Calls also that would include ones that retired people. Um, could also participate in. So they will be there so that organizations, people will upload in a particular format what their experience is, their age, all their, all their information, so that calling organizations can find them as well by searching for somebody wow. with a particular education or a particular age or particular experience or whatever. They'll be able to find them. And then it will also be a website where stories will be uploaded and we'll, you know, right now we have magazine uh, 360, Mission 360 at the General Conference that always features mission stories as well as full-time missionary stories and student mission stories. But this website will have a lot of stories being uploaded by various organizations and whatever. So it should be pretty dynamic. Okay, you just mentioned Mission 360. You know, I have not seen that magazine since I was in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're saying that all that content would be available on Vivid Faith. I'm not sure about that, but similar content would be available, if not the same. Um, Mission 360, you know, can be accessed online and a lot of the stories. The the amount of mission stories has actually greatly increased. Andrew McChesney has been hired Mm -hmm. by by the missions department of of the General Conference and has been putting online one to three stories a day sometimes. Wow. So he travels a lot. So several stories a week at least are showing up on there from around the world. Okay. And the other point is, like you mentioned before, this website for Adventist volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I, volunteer positions don't usually pay much. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if someone wants to go into a career missionary mm-hmm. term, and, you know, for like 10 years, 15 years, Right. Uh, does the general conference support that kind of mission work, and are they paid? Mm-hmm. So if they go to am, which is Adventist Mission, dot Adventist Mission, dot org forward slash career dash openings. Okay. okay? So am.adventistmission.org forward slash career dash openings. They can scroll through the current calls that are available. Now, there aren't as many full-time calls as there are, say, volunteer position calls. There's much more volunteer position Mm -hmm. calls. However, um, if somebody is interested in being a full-time missionary, they should 
submit their resume even if something is not available currently because things open up constantly. Now, it is true that as an Adventist church, we have changed a lot over the last 50 years. It used to be that one of the reasons so many missionaries went was because we were just establishing universities and medical centers and all this kind of stuff. And there weren't as many people in some countries, at least, that were qualified to do that because maybe they hadn't gone to medical school and that kind of thing. Now we have lots of qualified people. And so now um, the General Conference has missionaries from about 70 or 80 different countries that serve in over 100 countries worldwide. And so... But they're more, the full-time positions in general are for people that have a fairly high level of education. So the needs and the demographics have changed a little bit, but there still are great needs. And so we need people to put in their resumes so that when a job opens for a theology professor, for a church planter, for whatever, we already have that in there. But we are Vivid Faith is where that will all be uploaded eventually so that any okay. calling organization can look and say, oh, you want to do a short-term trip that's two weeks? We have all these short-term trips. So you want to be a student missionary for a year. Oh, you want to go You want to go for five years or more with your family, you know, then that will all be uploaded and all organizations will be able to see that. Okay. Do you think that there are different needs in different parts of the world in terms of the types of people needed and the, and the level of education that's needed? Probably to a certain extent, that is true. You know, I know that sometimes with our medical professionals, if they are highly specialized, like maybe they are a cardiologist or something like that, they may be one of two in the whole country. Wow. You know, now it's a small country, but nonetheless, they are very needed because they are so highly specialized and that does not exist there. However, we have other missionaries that are doing things that are not nearly as specialized, you know, maybe, I mean, specialized, yes, but not with at a PhD level, but maybe they're working with Avenus World Radio and they are a technician that is keeping Avenus World Radio on the air in Guam, but nonetheless, they're there. We really need volunteers to teach in schools um, that are on the front line. We also really need tent makers. I don't know if you're familiar with tent makers. Yeah, can we explain tent makers briefly? Tent makers go into a place and they take a regular job, but they go into a place where there is virtually no Adventist presence or maybe no Adventist presence. And they take a regular job, maybe teaching English in a university or something like that, and uh, conversational English. And um, But their purpose, even though their reason for being there is that job, their real reason for being there is to find interests that they can help cultivate and tell the love of Jesus in whatever area they are in. All right. So the tent maker is really emulating the idea of Paul, mm-hmm. where he was a missionary, mm-hmm. but he supported his own work financially through making tents. Right. Right, right. All right. And you would con- continue on with what you're saying. Yeah, and now. we also need business people who are able to s- start small businesses and provide additional lighthouses and unreached areas. And we need English teachers, health promoters, kindergarten teachers. What about other countries in the world? Maybe there is places around the world where there's just a really small Adventist presence, what kind of things and opportunities are available there? I'm thinking, you know, like Thailand or or even China. Mm-hmm. What is going on there? Mm-hmm. There are volunteer positions in those kinds of countries. There are some full-time as well. Um, f- there are also private schools that you can look into. For instance, in Bangkok, 
mm-hmm. there is a very large um, Adventist school there that is just run through the local conference. You know, so, but their teachers come from all over the world. I mean, they, the principal of the middle school is a friend of mine. He's American, but they have Filipinos. They've got uh, somebody there from England and I don't know, probably 10 or 12 different countries of teachers. And they have hundreds of students and 98% of them are not Christian or Seventh-day Adventist. Wow. So this is a great opportunity, you know. They teach them about, they have Bible class, they teach them about Jesus, they teach them Christian values. And the parents love it because they say that their kids are learning lessons of respect and responsibility and they're getting a good education at the same time. So it's a lot of seed planting. It takes a lot for somebody to leave their, you know, their 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 religious background because of family ties being so strong and everything else but you have planted seeds and it might take a few years to see the fruit of those seeds, but there have been students that have been baptized. Wonderful. Now, for one of our listeners who might be thinking, you know, they have our calling to go somewhere perhaps, and they, they really feel that God is mm-hmm. leading them to do overseas mission work. What kind of attributes really make a good missionary? <laughs> Three of them, flexibility, flexibility, and more flexibility, <laughs> really, because because cultures are going to be different and you have to go in with the attitude of a learner, not the attitude of I'm coming here, um, riding in on a white horse to save the day. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things you can learn from the people. And yes, you have things to share as well, but being flexible, being willing to be a learner, um, being willing to realize that just because you've always experienced church a certain way doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to be and still being able to see God's hand and the way the church is. Oh yes, the doctrines will be at their basics all the same, but the way they worship may be vastly different. You may be sitting on the floor. You may be, the only instruments may be a drum and a tambourine and they <laughs> don't have any guitars or pianos or anything else. They've never even seen one perhaps, right? And so song service is going to sound profoundly different. Maybe, maybe in that particular place, the music is all built on the pentatonic scale or something, and it sounds strange to you, but it's joyful to them. So learning to appreciate and and enjoy new styles of worship as well as new foods and um, new cultures and being willing to bend what is acceptable to you provided, I mean, you know, within parameters. But, you know, in some cultures, you cannot shake hands. That's just not something that, I mean, maybe they will out of out of deference to you because maybe you're a Westerner and they know they're supposed to shake hands. But maybe in that culture, they just don't touch. And that's okay. But then you might go to another culture where everybody kisses you two times on each cheek. And it doesn't matter if they're old or young or what the gender is. That's just the way they greet. And it doesn't mean anything other than hi. You know, but it's can be very uncomfortable, but you've got to work through that discomfort to fit into the culture. I'm hearing a lot of getting outside of your comfort zone. Yes. <laughs> and just being flexible to see things differently to the way you might have perceived them your whole mm-hmm. life. Can you share with us maybe just one story of somebody who took that jump, that leap into overseas missions and it transformed their life? Well, (laughs) this is just an example from just a short-term trip, but when I was at Southern Adventist University um, and I was the new short-term missions, it was a new department we had just created, um, uh, coordinated there. Um, After the first, 
I don't know, six or seven trips or something had all gone out during spring break. I had one student come into my office and yes, I had interviewed all the students, um, but I didn't know all of them real well. And this was happened to be a young man I didn't know very well. And uh, he came in and he sat down at my desk and started to speak and then couldn't. And I could tell he was emotional. And my first impression was I said, oh no, did something bad happen on the trip that I don't know about? So I said, did something bad happen? And he shook his head no. And I said, are you okay? And he shook his head no. And I said, oh dear. I said, what's the what, what, what is what is the deal? And he finally found his voice and he said, look, he said, I'm a straight A student. He says, I ace all my science math classes. I can pretty much be anybody I want to be. Um, I'm going to be going to medical school. I signed up for this trip because I thought it would look good on my resume to get into medical school, that I had done something hands-on medical related in the bush. And so I signed up to go on that trip. And uh, he said, you know, before this trip, um, I went to church and everything, but I wouldn't say I had a relationship with God. Um, I wanted to go into a very high paying specialty because I want money. Hmm. He said, I've never been out of the United States. <laughs> he said, it was a shock to my system, regardless <laughs> of what you told us before we went out. <laughs> and uh, he said, I just watched the doctors and dentists that we were working with. And he said, you know, it didn't matter who the patient was, whether the patient um, was dressed nicely or was filthy dirty or even didn't smell good. He said for that doctor or that dentist, that was the only person that existed at the moment. He said the love and the care and the undivided attention, he said was so unbelievably touching to me. I can't say I've even seen that in my own country. And he said, <laughs> this is going to sound strange. He says with tears pouring down his face, but when I grow up and he says, I'm already in my twenties. So that sounds very strange to me. But when I grow up, I wanna be just like those doctors. I don't know what specialty I'm going to take yet, but I'm going to call the GC and I'm going to say, what is your biggest need? And that's what I'm going to do because my life is going to be given to missions now. Wow. That is so powerful <laughs> that he, instead of trying to just get a specialty that he wanted, he wanted to fill a gap, fill a need mm -hmm. that could impact people around mm -hmm. the world. Before we finish, could you share with us something that, you know, would be helpful to someone who's actually thinking about all of this is in their mind, you know, like maybe, maybe God's calling me to this um, and they're struggling. Could you give some word of advice? What should people do to prepare themselves um, if they're in school and they've got to finish education? You know, what are things that they could do practically? There are calls for people that they can take. Usually going between your sophomore and junior year is a really good break regardless of your major. Even if you're taking nursing, that's usually a very good break because you have finished your two year of nursing and you just have one year or a little bit more to finish your four year. So it's a good place to break. There are schools overseas, for instance, elementary schools in Micronesia that are run completely by student missionaries that if they don't get teachers, the schools close. Wow. And there is no other education on that particular island. I mean, it's like that is the school. So the needs are huge. And many students that have gone and taught, for instance, in Micronesia have never been teachers before. Maybe they're not even elementary ed majors, but they like kids. And they said, you know, maybe I'll go try. And some of them come back and change careers and decide to be elementary ed majors because they had so much fun. But Institute of World Mission has classes available online 
for preparing you for short-term mission service. You are actually required to go through that before you can go out. And and you go through a book called Passport to Mission and you interact uh, with the teacher online and you have reflection questions and things to, to be aware of. So that's very helpful. If you're going to a place like Micronesia, or Asia, there are actually in-person trainings that go on because so many kids go that direction that they have a one-week training that goes on with somebody from the GC or from the division that comes in and does specific training for those uh, for those students. I would say if you feel like God is calling you to do something, um, you shouldn't let money stop you. Um, most volunteer positions do have a stipend associated with it, usually free housing, sometimes free food, plus a stipend. And the stipend isn't going to get you wealthy, but it's enough to survive while you're there. With most of our Adventist universities, if you're a university student, they will work it out so that you do not have loan payments while you are out. And there are different ways they can do that. So you can actually survive pretty well. Other places that are in extraordinary need so far as finances are just not there. For instance, maybe a bush clinic in some country that's very impoverished where they need nurses, for instance, and maybe you have your two-year nursing degree. You can go there and there isn't a stipend for that. And you not only have to pay for your airfare, but you got to take care of yourself when you're there because there is no money because people are paying for services and things like eggs, Right. <laughs> and vegetables. <laughs> so there just is no cash flow. But most uh-huh. of them, there is at least a stipend. You know, and when God calls, he provides. God God enables. You know, God does not just call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So, All right. What about language? If you're, if you're thinking of long term, is it a good idea to start looking oh, at absolutely. languages or culture? Mm. Uh, are there books that people can read? There are so many books. If you just <laughs> if you just look up even on Amazon books on culture, one that's very interesting that I have read, it's called The 3D Gospel. It's not written okay. by an Adventist, but it looks at the three biggest categories that you could divide the world in. For instance, Western, and that would include Europe and everything, but Western society, the two things that we are most concerned about is guilt or innocence. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then if you had the Latino clear on, on one very mild case, all the way over to Middle Eastern with all the Asian in between, you have shame honor. Right. Okay, that's what they're concerned about. And then if you're talking about areas that are more remote and bush, it's fear power. And how does the gospel address people from each of those cultures? You know, have you ever wondered why there are the four gospels? Why are there four? They both, all four of them basically tell the same stories. They do, but they tell them in slightly different ways. And this book, it's a thin little book, but it shows how the Bible addresses people from those cultures and answers their deepest needs. And it's just a really cool book. Um, But there's lots of books like that to help you understand worldviews, just hundreds. If you want to write to us at IWM, Institute of World Mission, IWM at gc.avenist.org, we can give you a whole list of books under many different categories that you can read from everything from how to reach somebody from the Buddhist context or the or the Islamic context or or somebody that's postmodern. I mean, you name it. So we have a big, huge, long list. We could send you, and then you can look and see what you'd like to like to like to look up. That's really practical. Thank you so much just for sharing some of these ideas that people can take on even while they're still in college. And you mentioned that the best time for taking a short-term mission trip is between the sophomore mm-hmm. and junior year. 
And for those who are not American, that would be like your second and third year? Yeah. 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 And, and also knowing another language can be very helpful. For instance, one of the languages that's very helpful to know is French because a lot of, a lot of countries speak French. Right. Arabic, you would be in absolute demand if you could learn Arabic because there are very few people that are Adventists that speak Arabic. Um, other, other languages from remote, more remote areas, you know, are maybe more difficult to learn here in the States. But if you're willing to learn a language, that, that's what makes you effective. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you, Karen, for reminding us about the Great Commission and its importance and how to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. It just brings me to finish off with Matthew 24, where it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Mm-hmm. Let's finish the work. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share this episode with your friends. To learn more, check us out at learnandsharepodcast.com.